I'm looking for my brother. I don't. He, I was heard he was heard he's in this area. Moments like this don't come often when a loved one's been missing for so long. SP. Yes. SP. Yes. I'm his sister. Where oh my God. Wait, wait. That moment when hope turns into something else, something real. He stayed with me last night. He's supposed to come back tonight. I cannot believe this. And you guys are for real. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are for real. <laughs> Knowing the time, the search, the way you desperately shared details about that loved one with strangers just might have paid off. Well, you found it. You know, so as he popped, you found it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and now all we gotta do is sit here and wait. This is an update to the first season of Catalyst, an investigative podcast from KXAN News. I'm Josh Hinkle. I wanted to start this episode with a moment of relief. For more than two years, that woman had wondered and waited for answers. When I showed her the picture, she said, that's Pete. He lives with us. He came to stay with us. Her search started before the Texas legislature passed a law requiring police to report critical details to a national database that's helped close cases like this faster. <music> DNA, fingerprints, dental records, plus information about a missing person that could be made public and accessible online through the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, NamUs. My name is Susanna Arroyo. I'm from Tyler, Texas. Susanna Arroyo eventually added a profile to NamUs herself when Austin police didn't. She says she'd filed a missing persons report with them just shy of that new requirement for police passing in 2021. She'd become used to working on her own posting pictures and descriptions to not only NamUs, but also any website or social media platform she could find. My brother's name is Seferino Ibarra, and he is 68 years old. I'm seven years younger. We both just had a birthday this month. <laughs> the trip to Austin, where Seferino Ibarra, Pete, or Petey as his family calls him, was last living was familiar for his sister. She'd driven the four hours here many times looking. He is about five foot five. He is dark complected like me, gray hair. And the last time he, that I knew he wore glasses. The last time I spoke to him, he had lost his apartment. He was living homeless on the streets. Hello, habla en español? Sí. Busco a mi hermano, él vive como estas personas. Este es un picture más viejo de él, pero se llama Seferino Ibarra, Piri Ibarra. Okay. He does not have a cell phone anymore. He's not had a cell phone in over two years. That I've not heard from in since July of uh, 2020. Up to then, we had had phone conversations constantly, you know, just on, on, a, on a regular basis, and I don't know what's happened to him. That fear grew greater every day. He was diagnosed with cancer several years ago, and so I'm just concerned that something will happen to him and we won't know 
we won't know when the time comes, when it happens, and, and not, you know, give him a, a resting place. He is a veteran. We want to give him proper burial at the time that that does happen, and we want to give him a resting place. Today, when someone files a missing persons report with Texas police, that agency must get that information to NamUs within 60 days. It's a state law our team's coverage helped push through after years of digging into the system and why so many reports were never seen by the public. I have filed a police report. I called several times to try to file it. I was actually able to file one in April of 2021 with the police department, Austin Police Department. I actually left a message and I sent an email to the detective on the case. His response on the email was, your brother is not deceased. Austin police never sent Pete's information to NamUs. They told us only long-term missing persons cases qualified. They classified his case as a request to locate because it didn't meet APD's requirement for a missing person. They wouldn't say more for privacy reasons, but the report she'd filed gave Susanna enough to start a NamUs profile on her own. And I uploaded his information and his case number, his police case number, that was December of 2021. I have posted his picture on the NamUs website. Her work kept Pete's name and face in the public eye. I'm gonna walk this way. I wanna see who's in these tents here. This lady right here, she's in that tent. Yeah. Did we talk to her? She was asleep when I went by there. Wake her up, she's not really asleep. The lady that saw him this week, she said he uses a walker. I'm trying to pull up a picture of him so I can show him. Months went by, then? This past week on Monday, I was actually contacted by a person that works in a building here at this location, and they saw him, recognized him, and got in touch with me and said that they knew it was him because he gave his name and everything. In late 2022, Susanna drove back to Austin. Hello, ma'am. I'm looking for my brother, Petey, Sam. Sam. He's using a walker now. He's much older. To the area she'd heard Pete was seen. I'm hoping that we can find him today. When I do, it's going to be the best gift that this Lord has given me. A few miles away, stories like that had been part of emotional testimony at the Texas State Capitol two years before. My dad has pretty much been here with me the whole way because he's my motivation behind this. I think it's going to be great for families and great for law enforcement <laughs> to not have to suffer for years looking for a loved one. HB 1419 has finally passed. I'm State Representative Lacey Hull here in Austin at the state capitol. State Representative Lacey Hull heard those stories, how notifying the public faster through NamUs might have helped families. And so she authored the legislation behind that police reporting requirement in Texas. I made a commitment and a promise to a constituent of mine when I knocked on his door and the first time I ran, when I was walk walking, he told me the story about his son 
uh, Joseph who was missing and that's how this all came about. So this was so important to me to be able to keep that promise to him. It was the first bill she'd written and had passed as a freshman lawmaker. There are heartbroken families out there that are desperate to find their loved ones and the few minutes of their time to put that report into NamUs can change someone's life. We reported when the law went into effect September 1st, 2021. In the year before that date, NamUs tells us there were only about 350 Texas cases entered into its system. In the year after, the number entered jumped to nearly a thousand. We have seen agencies, you know, a huge uptick in reporting of cases and we see compliance and we see these agencies wanting to make these reports. It's been a very positive impact for the state and to help these families. While the number has gone up, we wondered if every Texas police agency is really doing what it's supposed to and always turning over information to NamUs when someone files a missing persons report with them. After a report comes in, police already have to file it with the FBI's National Crime Information Center, a tool only for law enforcement use within two hours of receiving that report, according to the state's criminal code. The Texas Department of Public Safety, DPS, provided us with the number of times that's happened. More than 64,000 missing persons reports were filed with Texas police since the start of the state's NamUs law. But NamUs tells us only about 450 of the cases entered into its public database around that time frame were done so by professional users like police. So what about the rest of those 64,000 cases shared with the FBI's database? Again, only accessible by police. It's possible with the 60-day NamUs reporting deadline in the Texas law, many cases were purged from the FBI system, meaning they were resolved or the person was found. Something happened to remove the case a lot quicker than 60 days. And it's intended for the long-term missing. And that's the goal. You know, we did not want to overburden anyone with extra steps. But so much can happen in 60 days. Think of what getting cases in front of the public could do to close some of them. People seeing something on the NamUs site faster? Maybe spotting that person sooner. Contacting police with a tip immediately before it's too late. There are at least a dozen other states with a similar NamUs reporting requirement as Texas. Only of those we checked, they have shorter deadlines. Some, it's 30 days, not 60 like Texas. We wanna make sure that whatever we do, we do it right. We can do a different bill if there's needing to be changes and whatever, and that, that's not off the table. We just don't have anything concrete yet. We're trying to figure out what is the best way to do that. Since her re-election, Representative Hole hasn't filed new legislation to tighten the requirements of the Texas law yet. It's too soon, and she believes many police agencies may not understand they're breaking the law by not reporting. Well, I think a lot of it is awareness. I don't believe that, you know, overall that there's agencies out there who are unwilling to comply. I think a lot of it is just some of them don't know. A lot of times it's the smaller counties. And so just making sure that the people in charge in those counties 
know who's supposed to report things, how that's supposed to happen, who's in charge. And so it's trying to coordinate that and it's moving in the right direction. Only there's currently no penalty spelled out for police not following the law which also doesn't say who should enforce it. And the more people that know about this, the more that we spread the message, uh, the more it can be used, and hopefully the more cases that can be solved and families that can have closure and hopefully find their missing loved ones. At this time, no one in Texas is tracking this, so it would be nearly impossible to determine whether all of the state's 2,700 police agencies are complying with the law. I would say that there is, you know, always possible room for improvement. Once everyone is aware and they have the resources, if people aren't complying, then we can move forward with what to do next. Should there be some type of mechanism within a state agency, perhaps DPS, where they're making sure when a missing person is filed with the local police department that that police department mm. is submitting that paperwork to NamUs? Well, I think there would be more time involved and so more cost. I would want to talk to DPS and um, some other local law enforcement agencies before I could, I guess, directly answer that question. Another thing the law doesn't include, cases filed before it went into effect. There are thousands, and Representative Hole says it would be too costly and cumbersome for police to add all those. Whereabouts? We left our house about, I want to say about 8, maybe 9 o'clock this morning. He's wearing a white t-shirt and blue jeans. Okay, so he's off the streets, yeah, thank the there. Lord. Susanna believes adding her brother's profile to NamUs faster could have helped speed up this moment. Thank it's just me and my husband. Y'all are a blessing to me. I feel very hopeful that he's going to show up and that I am going to see him today. Yeah. Yes, it's just a matter of waiting now. Waiting, hoping, holding out for so long. I want to say, PD, I love you. I miss you. I just want to see you. I just want to see you, hear your voice, and give you a big hug. That night, we received a message from Susanna. It was a photo of her hugging her brother, missing no more. We'll keep you updated as state lawmakers move through a new legislative session at the Capitol. And since our interview with Representative Hull, she's asked us to share the data we collected on cases as she considers what to do next. To read more about that, catch up on our complete coverage over the years, including this full podcast season, learn more about the unidentified bodies aspect of the law, and to see how you can explore NamUs, go online now to kxan.com missing persons. Catalyst is reported and produced by me, Josh Hinkle, along with Arzo Dost and David Barrer. Our editor is Richie Bose. Digital support comes from Jacqueline Ramkasoon, Robert Sims, and Kate Winkle. KXAN's news director is Haley Seihawk. And its vice president and general manager is Eric Glassberg.
If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out KXAN's other podcasts. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and search for KXAN to get the latest in Texas news and political headlines every day.